healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last man. Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Blast of the Podcast. I am your host, Kevin. As usual, we are thrilled to have you down here with us. Hopefully you're beating the heat here in Washington, D.C., where we're, we're coming from right here. It's, it's been hotter than hell. Um, but uh, maybe it has to do with all the clusterfucky things that are going on in this town. I don't know. Um, got a great little podcast for you this week. If you listen to our Jason Isbell podcast, which uh, a bunch of you did, which is cool, and, and a lot of you responded to uh, some of the questions we were asking especially about that track, uh, White Man's World, off of, off of that album. Uh, you heard at the back end of that, we played a track by a band called Meek's Miracle Medicine. Now, these guys are from uh, Harper's Ferry, West Virginia, which is just up the road. If you have not been there and you are from this area, I would highly recommend it. It's a little creepy, but it's also uh, a whole lot gorgeous. So uh, so it's, it's well worth the trip. Uh, but Melissa Elizabeth Wright and Daniel Zazeski, are, are a duo from up there. They met in Charlottesville, which has a, a pretty righteous music scene. Always has had a really good music scene. And uh, and a couple of years ago, sort of said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna get out of here. I'm gonna go up to uh, Harper's Ferry, sort of get away from things and do their own thing, work on their music." And, and that's exactly what they did. Their new album, House of Candles, is out now. And uh, you know, I think we'd uh, we'd heard a little bit, and then uh, got an email. This is, this is a podcast about how emails work, folks. And uh, I got an email that said, "Hey, would you like to talk to these guys?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah I think I think we would." Uh, they very graciously, after playing here the night before, made the two hour, two and a half hour trip from Harper's Ferry uh, down here to DC to our basement to sit down and talk with us. Uh, it was a great conversation. They're lovely, lovely people, fantastic musicians. And uh, so what we're doing this week is you get to hear how that turned out on their visit to our nation's capital. And then at the back end of this, uh, we got another example sort of of what happens. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot on this podcast about how stuff gets through the filter. We've just been recently talking about sort of the sad state of music journalism to which we are not immune. And uh, and some stuff just does. And this this track we're going to play by a band called Loy Loy, which I'll tell you more about it back in, uh, did. They are from D.C., and uh, and uh, they're one of the good ones. So so come for the Minks Miracle Medicine and stay for the, the D.C. synth pop. How about that? So if you guys are ready, if you got your beverages all set, it's cool. You got your fans. Maybe you got somebody to fan you. It's true love if you can get somebody to fan you in this heat. But, uh... And you're ready to head down to the basement. Let's do that. We're sitting now with Melissa Wright and Daniel Zazeski. Together, they make up Mink's Miracle Medicine. Oh, 
Okay. Yeah. Actually, no. I have. Uh, or we're going to talk about Gizmo watching because he's now watching us. Oh, hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> he's acting cool. Like yeah. He's yeah, like. Just, well, sure. right, right now you're sort of in his space. Not really because because <laughs> he won't sit on the couch because he'll sit on the chair, but. But he's getting there, and he knows food is on the way. Hi, yeah, hi. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Mm-mm. No, um, we're it's just a a free form conversation, pretty much, and we're going to talk about you guys' album and talk about you guys' history, or really whatever you want. Okay. I, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about a little bit about Paul Simon though, because what I was telling him, and I, and I think this is kind of a like a synergy. <laughs> this and which is super weird is that a lot of what you guys are about is songs yes and, and that's like explicitly in your bio that's like this is your mission mm-hmm. and you're talking with paul simon about one of the greatest songsmiths uh in history mm-hmm. like in the world and last night he was left without his guitar player that brings all the south african flair to it mm-hmm. and he transformed every single one of his songs and he played for like Three hours, and it, it was remarkable. It was, and you saw him like get re-energized by songs he's played millions of times, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and you really saw sort of like what the the power of uh, of a song can be, even when stripped down to like its barest mm-hmm. minimum. Um, so for you guys, you know, we can we can sort of start there, and and for listening, we're talking, what <laughs> um, Mink's Miracle Medicine. Uh, Melissa Wright and Dan Zazeski. Yep. Yes. Yeah, got it right. Got it right. Uh, came down from Harper's Ferry, which is in West Virginia. I was up there a few weeks ago. Not a few weeks ago. A few months ago. Uh, it is. Uh, it's gorgeous. It is also, as the kids say, creepy as fuck. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, but w- what you guys do, I actually want to ask you this. How do you guys see your music? I, I know how I see it, but how do you guys see it? Mm. <laughs> I, know, I see. I, know, I see it as a opportunity to, you know, live in our youth still and play play the country. You know, yeah, hang out with people we want to play. So it's a facilitator. Yeah, facilitator basically, yeah, and it's that's how I, how I feel about it. I kind of see it as like uh, I, as I, I was thinking, it's like um, you know, you get to write in your journal and you get to write. And then you get to share it with people. Um, and in between the writing in your journal and then sharing it with people, right. there's like this intense editing process. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just think it's kind of cool. Like, I just see it as sharing my thoughts with people who want to hear them. But what, So why? There's lots of ways you can do that. We were just talking about the Menzingers off mic. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's punk. There's rap. There's everything. What? You guys are working in a very specific form, which I think would be sort of like folk. Yeah. I think, you know, even though a lot of people would like to be like, that's Americana. It's like, no, it's actually like pretty traditional folk at a lot of times. I think so. Yeah, it can be. Um, I don't know. I came from playing a lot of old time and bluegrass music. So I'm I'm just uh, used to the whole just like sitting down and playing the songs and, you know, you're just playing for fun and there may or may not be an audience there. Right. It may be dancers or, uh, so just kind of like the idea of having the music as more just like a piece of culture, mm-hmm. a piece of tradition that you're just like trying to grab a slice of as you learn. And then, 
um, add your little little piece to it. All right. Where'd you, where'd you grow up? I grew up in western Loudoun County. Oh, okay. So, yeah, pretty close to Harper's Ferry and Round Hill. And this guy is from Scranton. Scranton? Scranton? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and you got in this at a pretty early age, right? Yes. I started, I think I played in my first bar when I was like 13. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a smoking bar. It was a smoke. Well, back then, everything is <laughs> smoking bar. Couldn't drink on Sundays, but you could smoke wherever the hell you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I grew up in, in uh, Southwest Virginia, down in Lynchburg. Okay, so, cool. so oh, I'm, cool. I'm, I'm I'm sort of I'm well versed in the redneck ways of this oh, of yes. the state, uh, and glad to escape. So, in, in seeing that, what, did you? Was it just that you were around it and looked at it and said, "Hey, I think I want to do this"? Did you have like musicians in your family? Was it? Uh, like I, I don't know how rural you were, but I know like in Bedford County outside uh, where I grew up, you would have people that would just have whole generations of people that weren't great uh-huh. at this music. Right. But they were great storytellers. And that's, I think, something that, that happens in the South to a lot of people is that oh, yeah, becomes definitely. great storytellers. And then all of a sudden, you know, grandpa or an uncle pull out a banjo or a fiddle and. Uh-huh. And, and accompanying it is that is that where you started like thinking about this stuff? Um, well, I, there used to be a bluegrass jam that I would go to once a month in uh, Round Hill, and we kind of got into that with my friends at the time who were um, we saw the movie Oh Brother Where Art Thou, mm-hmm. so we were like, man, this music is really cool, and yeah, so we started a little for blue- a lot of people. Yes, yes, and I was like maybe fourteen or fifteen when that came out, so uh, yeah, I just learned about that, and then from there I got really into like. Dylan and from Dylan mm-hmm. I realized that he was also connected to that folk music and also kind of like early rock and roll stuff yeah. and so I kind of just like wanted to do a project that was neither folk nor rock nor you know just something that was whatever we wanted it to be yeah um and it landed and it's just you two right yeah yeah playing playing everything on the record yeah, which there is oh, a lot on the record. Let's put, let yeah, me be no. clear. It's it's a, it's a remarkable sounding record, and it and I think a lot of that has to do is because there's not a lot. There's not there's not a lot of muss or fuss to it, and there's no hiding either. Mm-hmm. Like the stuff it's there is like oh yeah, was, <laughs> like was just there's drums and there's it. voice and yeah. oh get out of the way. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was cold too. We recorded it in the oh, Poconos. Yeah? Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah, our buddy is. <laughs> A new studio started. It was like barely insulated. It was oh man, and so I was like, "It is what it is with that." You know, it's yeah. like we're not trying to be something we weren't right then. There. Yeah, was like, yeah. We were it, humbled by the freezing temperatures. When um, you, you you studied right at Berkeley, yes, specifically uh, folk music, or were you studying um, mu- just well, music in general? Well, I was uh, there at the beginning of the American Roots Music Program, which is like a pretty big thing now. I think that that was founded maybe like the second year I was there, but I wasn't a member of that program because I wasn't a strings player. I studied voice. Okay. Um, and then I did a music business degree. Okay. Yeah. And then from there, I think you went to Charlottesville? Is that yes. Right? I moved to Charlottesville, and then that's where Danny and I met. Mm-hmm. And we met at a Hackensaw Boys show. Yeah, which venue? I, I'm very familiar with Charlottesville. Yeah, at the Jefferson. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was funny. He was there with the Hack one of the Hackensaw's ex bass players, and I had come with one of the current bass players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we met through like yeah, the many yeah. bass players of the Hackensaw Boys, uh, which is also hilarious because like in folk music, the bass player is like always there's. Sh- 
tons of bass players always moving around right. like, through all the bands. Right, <laughs> right, right. Like, so, so Charlottesville, have a baking game. <laughs> Charlottesville actually has like a really great music scene, and it, and it's constantly shifting. I think uh, because you've had some like decent. I mean, Dave Matthews being the most obvious, mm. like the biggest thing there. But I mean, the jazz, uh, John Earth, oh yeah, like that that whole crew. Yeah. Uh, do you guys know Brian Caputo? Mm-mm. He 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 plays with uh, Johnny and and he's uh he's he's an amazing drummer. Mm-hmm. So you have all these these really skilled musicians there, and then but for people who haven't been there, I think the way it's situated is it's almost like an oasis in the middle of Virginia. Mm-hmm. Because if you go a little outside of it, you're going to run like squarely into Trump country. Yes, like period. I mean, and like racist as fuck, like. Maybe poor, maybe rich, like yeah. in certain sections. But here, it's like this. And granted, it's built around the university. But even at that, UVA is more of an elite university uh, than, say, Virginia Tech. Yes, and and I you, did not get accepted into UVA. Really, I got wait, I got wait, waitlisted. Oh, good. No, I, I went to Virginia Tech. Okay. Um, and and but uh, so so I can talk all the shit about UVA. I want. Okay. <laughs> But uh, you, any time that I would go up there, I lived in Richmond for about ten years. Uh-huh. And any time that I would go up there, it was just remarkable to see how you would have all these bands, like music, like what you guys make, mixing with all this other stuff, and then just like off at somebody's house have like a jam going on. Mm-hmm. I've sat in so many jams in that town of like fifteen people in a house. Granted, a lot of it was fueled by pot, and just everybody has a drum. That's fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You. you <laughs> You know, but but what what do you think about there that that sort of keeps that going, and and then why did you guys decide to leave there and move to like Harper's Ferry? Um. Well, I only lived in Charlottesville for like two years. This guy lived there for what you said seven years. Or yeah, so? it was about seven. Um. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of change that happened even just in the time that I was there. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I guess the best way to describe it is it got very corporate. Yeah, it like velvet, yeah. yeah, it was like a velvet rut after a while, too. Like you kind of leave, you come back. It was just this... Um, you, you know, you could easily live with your ex-girlfriend there, basically. It's yeah. Like small yeah. town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They wanted to go out to something more blue-collar, I think. Just like... What, what, what's the neighborhood right up off of, uh, right off of the uh, amphitheater? Belmont. Oh my yeah, God. I yeah, yeah, there. that's yeah, where yeah. we lived. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. The Anderson House. Do you remember that place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where we stayed every time we came down that's the cover awesome. show. It is the song "Grave Street" from our record. The first song in the record is from it, that oh, street it? in Belmont. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, we used to hear. Yeah, you could hear. I mean, I've heard like it's like Wilco from my porch yeah. all the time. Like great, and you just go on the the bridge and see Jack White. Yeah, yeah. And, like you could see watch for free. It's cool. Yeah, you, you, you could do what we did and stalk James Murphy at LCC Sound System. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got drunk at the Southern, and then we're like, well, we should just wait outside his bus. Yeah. It did not end well. But. No. Oh, there is a lot of great music out there and a lot of great musicians who come through there, a lot of travelers mm-hmm. who, you know, we did a lot of playing on the streets, on yeah. the downtown yeah. mall downtown down there, mall. which is a lot of, I think, part of how we kind of got our sound going. We just spent a lot of time kind of uh, playing... Um, <laughs> With the case open, yeah, and no. uh, that's what the yeah. mall's for. It's like it's if you go to places like Madison or up in Burlington, Vermont, mm-hmm. like it, it, there's, uh, it's not entirely unique, but it's pretty. Like again, it's like it's an oasis. You don't have that in Richmond, certainly, mm-hmm. and you certainly aren't going to find that in Roanoke. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and and for people who don't know, that mall is it's just a bunch of like restaurants that empties out into an amphitheater. It's gotten like I said a little more corporate. It's gotten as it's come, but it's still uh, it has a good vibe to it. Yeah, it's still great to go there. Right. And every time we visit, we're like, oh, it's so good to be back. And um, it just got hard to live there as far as we, we were having a hard time finding uh, enough work to be mm. musicians and yeah. just wanted something different. So just started moving slowly northward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe even further. Yeah. But also, like you said about it being an oasis, it was really hard to travel anywhere to play. Yeah. So uh, we decided Harper's Ferry is close to where I grew up and it's three hours from Philly, an hour and a half from DC, three hours from Pittsburgh. So, um, just worked better. Yeah. So, I mean, it's right. And there's no, is there, is there a music scene at all in Harper's Ferry besides you guys? Um, Are you it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, current claim to fame. Well, first of all, claim to fame a while ago is that Patsy Klein is from Winchester, which is like, well, I was going to get to that. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. Not far from there. And I used to play with some of her old bandmates and kind of learn that sound. Uh, you know, Brunswick, Maryland, that area, she all toured around or toured, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, the woodshedders, the woodshedders from Harper's Ferry. Really? Okay. Are amazing. They're so good. Yes. I'm assuming like sort of bluegrass. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Gypsy sort of top picking, like uh, like Django, mm-hmm. oh, like uh, oh, okay. Well, but, but, well, he's yeah. But, well, he's just wicked at a guitar like that. He's really yeah. I mean, it's super fun, dancey music. Um, so the yeah, it's a well kept secret, I think. And then there's a band called Jake and the Burtones, who we love, that play old time string band music that are just incredible. And um, who came from Harper's? Chance McCoy, who's now an old Crow Medicine show, is from Harper's Ferry. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, there's a music scene um, that kind of collects around Shepherdstown. Okay, yeah. So another college town, yeah. little college well, and town. And that, that tends to attract that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Um, since since you brought up Patsy Cline, we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. You have a song on here called Winchester, which for mm-hmm. people who don't know is about, what, an hour west of D.C., I think? I don't know. Yes. Yeah, something like that. Um, and... Look, Patsy Cline is is their claim to fame, their biggest export, mm-hmm. and it is the I think one of the voices that female singers tend to aspire to. You don't often hit it because I don't think people understand it. Mm-hmm. You do though, <laughs> and and mm-hmm. is that like did you did you sit down and study like people like her? People like uh, Margot Timmons from Cowboy Junkies. People like Nico Case. I mean, these are very distinct voices. And when mm-hmm. you hear a Grave Street, when you put on this record and you hear your voice, you're like, that. everybody I've played it for is just like, holy shit. And then, and then you're in the record. I mean, and, and then you're like, I'm not leaving this record until I see where this goes. Oh, thanks. Um, but, I mean, did, did that just sort of develop or have you consciously looked at all those people? Because, I mean, I'm sure they're like, heroes to you right um well honestly just patsy klein the others i can't say i've even really listened to yeah i mean i know i've listened to some nico case but i haven't that much oh man i know but a couple people have said that to me like this week so well the similarity with you and nico isn't necessarily uh i mean the the is that the voices are big right Mm -hmm. but it's the sense of humor like there, there is a lot because a lot of this album is about like i think i think breakups I think just relationships in general, uh-huh. um, and uh, it takes on a, a little more. They're they're always 
like very touching but sort of funny. Yeah, kind of snarky. Yeah, like sure. Yeah. That song's fucking hilarious. But Thank it's, you. but it makes so much sense. I mean, that is, <laughs> you know, and and it, it borderlines on it's something like um Something like what Lydia Lovelace does on like Steve Earle. Yeah. You know, what she's talking about. Like, Steve Earle, I'm stalking you. I'm not really stalking you. Yeah. yeah but, you know, so so you, you have that in common with, with them. Um, but you, you said Patsy Cline is really it. Like, um, yeah, well, Patsy Cline, I just love, like, I don't know. When I found out that she was from where I was from, Yeah, it kind of just turned on this, like, okay, well, I need to know her music then because that's part of who I am. So, yeah. Know. That well, it's part of the history. That kind of stuff and is important and to me. You're talking yeah. about bringing culture forward, exactly like regional history. So I'm just lucky that my voice happens to have the same um, volume, right? <laughs> capacity, I guess. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is that what it is? Is volume? I mean, I don't know. I'm not a singer, so like I, I'm a guitar player. Uh-huh. So if you're a guitar player, I know like Keith Richards can get this like ripping fucking guitar sound out of a pig nose. Mm-hmm. It's just how you mic it. True. But does that work with a voice, or do you have to be strong? Um, I think it's a lot about your breath and your presence, and then um, sometimes just. I think it's all. Uh, some of it's just mental. I think everyone can yell pretty loudly, and then you just have to. <laughs> so put sort a of, note sort in of controlled it. yelling. Yeah, it's it's controlled yelling. It's exactly that. <laughs> um, how much of these songs like do, do you? split the duties pretty much equally do you write all the songs or what's what's going on here i wrote all these songs um because like we've been playing together for four years Mm -hmm. three and a half four years and these were a lot of the songs that we had been playing live but um you know it just takes us a long time to make a record uh or it had taken us a long time to get to this record so these were all mine but we we co-write sometimes so hopefully the next one we'll have some co-write he's a great songwriter next Trying to do more of that and harmonies for the next ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, it feels like it, it feels like a very organic record, and it feels. Uh, and these are honestly my favorite type of records, where, uh, like not everything has to be like the biggest thing in the world, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And which is we're in a culture now that if it's not the biggest thing in the world, then people are like, "Oh, fuck that! Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to look at it." But if it's good. And it's small, which I, I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, mm-hmm. this record is small. Yeah. Um, it's it's very personal, uh, even when it's hilarious. But, it you know, it's it it almost feels like, oh, this is just my friend over here t- telling me about, like, the night they had. Yeah. Um, and, and you don't see that a lot. And, like, for me, and maybe you can answer this, like... I can't figure out why. I think somebody like, say, Jason Isbell yeah. does this very well. And we just actually reviewed his album. And he's, like, when he's good, is like, existentially, like, amazing. But he writes a bunch of shit songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, just, he just does. And, yeah. and, and, but it doesn't, it's not one of those things where people are freaking out, like, on his press team, maybe. But as a listener, you're just like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I just want to say real quick that, uh, we did actually have a f- some other players on the record. It was mm. just Matt Schimmelfinnick yeah. who was recording. He played bass and also did the guitar lead in Grave Street. Okay. And he's in a band called Three Man Cannon. So um, they're amazing. But uh, I don't know. I think it's always just like trying to be honest with ourselves and just like, you know, take away everything we don't need and just be like, okay with 
where we are and like what we sound like. Have you ever started with like a, a 70 channel like Beatles mix of a song and be like, no, we got to whittle that back? Um, only <laughs> at oh, home. Huh? <laughs> only at home. Only at home? Yeah, on the laptop. Some some of my oh, yeah. ideas are pretty ridiculous. <laughs> well, do, you, do, you, do you run in and be like, yo, I put like 50 string parts on this? I song? have a song where, yeah, I like over. Actually, our first EP we did, uh, I tried to do like a violin yeah, solo. Yeah. And which it song? Was, which song? Um, our first EP, I tried to put that solo on. You're kind to me? Something like trying to do something. Yeah, there was yeah. Some, and it was twang. it was terrible. But I spent like hours working on it, and then uh, Matt sent me the mixes, and I was like, "R.I.P. Fiddle." He didn't even <laughs> tell me he took it out. And then, and then I looked at Danny. I was like, "Why did you guys let me do that for so long? Like, if you knew it was going to be bad, and it was well, just like, meh." Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you can answer shot. that. Worth a shot. Yeah, it's worth a yeah, shot. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> if, if I mean, when you're writing a song, I think, I don't know how you guys work, but I know if I'm writing a song or a review or something, like you, that's what editing's for. Mm-hmm. You, you put it all out there and be like, okay, the, creatively, I don't know where this is going to go, but here it is, man. Yeah. yeah. And I think the real skill comes in when you can take that and whittle it down to something that is actually just potent yeah. and meaningful. And some people, like you guys, I think, do it by stripping it down to, like, really small, mm-hmm. and you get it. But some people can do it in in other ways, you know, be economical with, like, huge arrangements. But it's still very, very tight. Yeah, I think it's, like, a minimalist view as well. It's, like, you know, sometimes I don't want to hear all that shit. Like, mm-hmm. bass sounds and ugh, And sometimes, like, you go to a show and... There's like an eight person band and you're like, well, I can't even hear that guy. Yeah. You know, so that's. And I mean, it's not throwing shade on anybody in particular, but who wants to be in an eight person band? Yeah. You only get like three dollars at the end. of Right. Well, there is there is that. (laughs) There is that. But but but, you know, it's yeah. Again, it's it's the bigger is better isn't always. I think uh, it never was, but I don't think anymore. It's like if you're not truly utilizing like what you have mm-hmm. what's what's the fucking point yeah mm-hmm. like oh i got 20 people in my band okay that's yeah. cool i mean we're joking with a friend of ours he's playing a show here <laughs> like hey man can me and andre sit in on guitar he's like that would mean i have four guitars i'm like so like this yeah. is gonna be ridiculous mm-hmm. yeah uh and we're not doing it <laughs> because yeah. it's, it's ridiculous and stupid but it would be fun as a joke <laughs> uh, but when you when you're doing that and trying to get that out in the world I think as serious music, people can sort of smell it out and be like, I don't know, man. Like, I also, yeah, I also like that we have somewhere to go from here. Yeah. Um, we can always build up the sound and, you know, but if we started with a big record with a big like pop sound and then later we maybe did this, you know, it might be kind of like, whoa, you like really went the other way. Whereas like starting almost like just a small and then we can add stuff as we... Do you? Hear I mean, do you see yourself going like the more pop route? Because I mean, mentioned Lydia Lovelace, and uh, she—I don't know if you guys have heard "Indestructible Machine." It's an amazing record, and and a flat-out amazing record. Yeah, and mm-hmm. this actually reminds me of that. Oh, cool! Like you guys, I think in the way you write and what you write about are very similar. Um, vocally, both powerful, but very different timbers in the yeah. way. So it's, you can tell the difference pretty easily. But she. Uh, had this the, the, the best way to put that is it's almost like cow punk uh-huh. and then transition immediately when people were like this is amazing and then now it's sort of like pop yeah like pop country pop folk and and for me it doesn't work but for like a lot of people that's the thing uh-huh 
Um, do you see you guys like experimenting with that, or I mean, are you? I guess what I'm trying to get at is, are you tied to this folk idiom? No, I think that we're more interested yeah. in exper- experimenting. Yeah, definitely. Oh wow! Yeah. So like a metal album? Well, maybe more <laughs> like maybe punk sweet. sounds. Min- minimalist metal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Yeah. yeah. I did yeah. Just buy, like, yes. I just bought a distortion pedal a couple days ago, oh, so yes. it's like kind of good timing. Um, no, well, that's one cool thing about like being independent. Uh, we don't really have to make any kind of record, and yeah. um, I just hope that we're just trying to make good songs with good stories, and just it's just the story, and I think the music just works if the story is good in the song. That's my my take on it. I also don't want to like put a leash on myself because I want to be able to keep changing and growing. Yeah, that's the dream, at least. Is that is that dependent upon being independent, or I mean, we all know that there are pros and cons to being on a label. Yes, well, we certainly wouldn't mind being on a label a lot of the time, right? <laughs> yeah. What 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 do you guys think that would bring you? Um. I just think it would be it would bring more people to our shows, which would be amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. The ability to just c- connect with more people. Yeah, more of a community, I think, maybe. Yeah. That would be nice, the community do, aspect of it. Do you think that stuff, like that stuff and PR, because that's how, I mean, your PR yeah. person hit me up. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, let's do this. And it's always a weird thing because we've talked about it a lot on this podcast. There's no telling what, why something gets through. There's right. none. And you guys just happened to be that day. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And I just listened to it. I was like, yeah. All right. <laughs> Played it for my lady. And she's like, yeah. Aww. All right. Awesome. And, uh, you know, do you see that as something that's necessary today to make it in music if you're, um, depending on, I guess, what your goals are? Because you can be purely artistic. And I think you actually have to have that uh-huh. if you're going to be a, a success at all. Because, uh-huh. again, people can smell people. They can smell the faking. Uh-huh. Uh, but the other side of that is people are like, oh, you're selling out. You're on a label. You got PR. And why, you know, it's all the PR. You know, they're just doing it. It's not the band. They're no good because they have PR. Mm-hmm. But it- Well, I don't think that um, I would hope that the people that we work with believe in our music enough that they wouldn't yeah. uh, lie to us in that way. Right. Yeah, no, that, that that's important. Fine. Yeah, so... Because there's good and bad, like, labels. There's good and bad PR people. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the ones that actually... I mean, I know, I know PR people that haven't... They only listen to their clients. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Just I'm, like, I'm not afraid of criticism from, you know, people who work in the industry, mm-hmm. so... <laughs> it's like, if it's bad, sure, I'll, re- I'll read it. I'll read yeah. what you have to say, but... You know, we've worked really hard and are just trying to do our best. So, uh, yeah, I just hope that the people we work with would be honest with us. Yeah. Be, and, yeah. and so then I would hope that they would be like, okay, this won't work. So we're not going to do this. And I'll go like, okay, that makes sense. So um, do I think it's selling out? No. <laughs> because, uh, I guess you know, it, we're, we're running yeah, the whole thing. It, so. it is kind of necessary, right? It is, I think, um, because there's just it's we live in like a really awesome time where there's so much access for anybody to make music and put a yeah. record out. I mean, like, however long ago, you would not be able to even put out a record on your own. You would have to be put out by a label. Yeah. 
Um, so that aspect of it is just like, well, we're just showing that we are really serious about doing this and that we want to do it for the rest of our lives by taking the next step as far as like the business part of it. Yeah. So, so what if somebody comes to you and says, Hey, I've got this record contract. It's a lot of money. You guys can basically buy Harper's Ferry with it. <laughs> and, but you're going to have to work with Katy Perry a lot. Is that something that you do or? Well, I don't, I don't judge people based on their public image. Right. And that, that was just a, that was, I mean, if there's not throwing a, shade on her. Is there but. anyone that I hate enough that I would never work with them? Uh, we would try to probably never affiliate with any sort of political uh, group. <laughs> political group. Yeah. Maybe. I'm not saying. So no, we wouldn't, no, but, no, not interested in politics in your songs? Well, or? no, we wouldn't. Well, I'm just saying we wouldn't probably affiliate with any Republican. Oh, uh, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, actually, we were talking about that on this trip, like how we can start kind of using what we're doing to say more or affect people more and be more conscious and stuff. So, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. That has not happened, and I would really doubt that that would happen. So, right. <laughs> well, you, you, I mean, you, you you don't know. I mean, this is you know, if you're talking about being like a career musician, I think you, there's mm-hmm. a couple things you can be. You guys can be a unit. You can just be this band, and everything is around it and the band is the more most important thing or some people take the artistic thing and like what's important is my craft that's what i'm doing and like if you go to nashville there's a lot of that mm-hmm. you see all these people like writing for bigger artists and then you get somebody like Lori mckenna coming along and, and like just killing them all with her album she's yeah. written for people for like 20 years and she put out the best album of the, t- of the past 20 years uh, right burden the rifle i mean yeah, it, it's amazing i mean is that something you guys could see yourselves maybe doing? Oh, certainly. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that we just want to keep, like, getting better. Yeah. 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 And just working with anybody. If somebody, somebody's like, hey, I really like this turn of phrase in this song. Can you come spend a week writing with me? Oh, that'd be really awesome. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's... It's just cool to get to make music. Mm-hmm. We're really lucky. I mean, I teach lessons during the week, and we're pretty much doing shows, and I do that. Um, so I'm just kind of like, I can't believe I'm actually making music right. all the time. Was there so, was, was there a point where do you guys remember where you, you made the conscious decision, like, we're just going to make music? Um, I think kind of more recently. Yeah, we're... Yeah, it's getting more realistic at this mm-hmm. point, so we're mm-hmm. doing more work for ourselves. Yeah. And learning how to make that work and, and be responsible for that. It's like, all right. Well, yeah. Good. I mean, there was a time when we first got together where we thought that doing music full time was pretty much just like partying. Mm-hmm. And so we did a lot of partying. Yeah. And uh, I think now. Well, it can be. Oh, yeah, it can be. And we, you know, it's still fun. But uh, now we're just, you know, being like, I okay. Can't get, get in a car hungover anymore. <laughs> Uh, dude, if you some some we house a few bands here when they come through, mm-hmm. and these guys are pretty much wa- road warriors. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. th- I'm talking like you know late twenties, so sort of starting to wind down yeah, that a little, yeah. and doing like two hundred plus shows a year. Mm-hmm. Damn, wow! And not big shows; they're doing it trying to like get there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I remember one of my friends the last time they came through, they literally showed up and they're like, "We're going to bed." <laughs> 
I went right to bed. Wow. Yeah. And woke up eight hours later and like, all right, we're going to the show. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. And, and, but they, and they're sort of winning at it. They're taking it seriously. And I think that people don't often understand that, that, uh-huh. that, that takes so much of a toll traveling around doing, I mean, it's, it's a hell of a job and it doesn't necessarily pay off. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so you, Hopefully, I think let your be like I made art. Let, yeah, exactly. Let drive me. I don't. Yeah. I don't know how a lot of people do it, especially now. Uh huh. Because if you aren't getting paid, you you literally have to commit to. I okay. I'm just going to be an artist. Right. Well, we live in a trailer, so we can sell yeah. 20 CDs every month and make our right. rent. <laughs> but that. But that. That's <laughs> actually like doing the work. Yeah, oh, like yeah. that's deciding. Oh, yeah. Okay, we can live. Like let's say you guys could be like, okay, we could live in what is it, Morgantown? Is it near like a bigger city than Harpers mm-hmm. Ferry, and not live in a trailer? Right. And we have to pay this much for rent, but then we also have to do this, and we and it carves out this time that we could be spending on music, or we'll live in a trailer. Exactly. We made that decision um, when we moved from Charlottesville to Harpers Ferry. Yeah. I think it was just more like. Not necessarily even thinking about specifically music at that time, but just like, okay, well, we do pretty well playing in bars on the weekends, and, you know, people like my songs and our songs, and, you know, we're getting better, and we don't want to be stressed out about making rent every month. Yeah. So, I think that's kind of the whole, like, maybe tied into, like, the minimalist Mm -hmm. stuff of, I mean, we've never even talked about, like, that between us, but... The minimalist, minimalist movement, tiny house thing, like yeah, those yeah, kinds of yeah. people. Um, yeah, just like get rid of all the shit well, you don't like yeah. and just focus on what you like. And well, and I and I think it gets weird when people are are, are saying they're going to do that, but then they live in Brooklyn. Right. You can't. I'm sorry. You 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 cannot. If nobody's heard of your band, live in Brooklyn and expect to be making a living off music. And what's weird about New York is that a lot of places have these like clauses where you can only play there in. Oh yeah, the, the like the once every two clause. weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh well, you could you could live in New York, but then you're only going to be playing once every two weeks, and unless you're driving out of the city and spending like forty bucks on tolls to go get somewhere. Right. So I mean, yeah, we play a lot. Yeah, because I'm guessing you guys <laughs> would just play whenever. Yeah, because yeah. that's a lot. A lot of bands too, or they have this idea like, oh, we don't want to be overexposed. Like, well, you know that the best bands in the world used to play like say the grateful dead granted it's a very different time uh-huh but six nights a week five sets a night yeah we do three shows a day sometimes we did it two right. two weeks ago mm-hmm. we wake up we go play at a little festival 10 in the morning and then we go play a thing at noon like you know maybe 20 minutes away we're lucky we play a lot of like party stuff mm-hmm. and then we go and we play our our nighttime show and like today we already played last night we did two shows so um we're just hustling yeah it's fun yeah, it's it's, it's it's fun. I mean, beats working for like some boss. Sure, so. sure. Uh, where do you get? Where do you see you guys in like say five years? Uh, well, I would like to win a Grammy. Okay, on the record. Uh, I Let's just well, put you're it on there. the record. This is an exclusive here. Yeah, <laughs> Melissa Wright would like to win a Grammy. I would like to win a Grammy. So, uh, listening to this, that's entirely possible. Oh, thanks. Like you, you guys. I mean, it's this is not. Um, it's not country, it's not folk, it's somewhere in between, but mm-hmm. it is it is the pure idiom of that. 
And that's what, like, Grammy voters love. Oh, thanks. Like, because people are just like, they want something familiar. Uh-huh. And this isn't so, I mean, this definitely has some subversion to it. But it still is something that anybody can latch on to and be like, yeah. I okay. I've heard. Yeah, I know this. Mm-hmm. I know Patsy Cline, and this is Patsy Cline. Can yeah. I have, can I have more of that, please? <laughs> mm-hmm. The familiar sound. That's right. Yeah, no, well, it, I mean it, that's it part of the right. uh, the cultural thing. I think is when, like just trying to capture that kind of feeling. See, you see, you seem like you're you're like really quiet, but you got a lot of shit going on, like crazy creative. <laughs> Uh, when you're making this stuff, so do you ever? You know, you guys said you wanted to be maybe you got a distortion pedal and stuff. Uh, when you're when you're messing around with this stuff, would you still like be considered working in the idiom, or will you just go? Will you, are you willing to just go full out and like this is something completely different? And at that point, would you call it Mink's Miracle Medicine? That's interesting. It's kind of a funny thought. Are you locked into like your identity as this, or can or is it literally you guys can be anything you want? We could. I mean, we as we learned how to work together patiently more in these last mm-hmm. years too, and and also been gotten like healthier and yeah, and under, just could maybe. Uh, I don't know. I think I think it's gonna go somewhere a little different, but not too different, right? And I'm hoping to be more involved because <clears throat> I feel like I just am in a better place for that now. So, yeah. 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 You've you know, you've told stories uh, on the EP too, I think, and that's about like breakup stories. Like, what kind of stories do you want to tell next? What kind of stories do I want to tell next? Yeah, like uh, in songs. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like I write the future a lot when I write. <laughs> so like I'll write something and then uh, uh, something will happen. But I don't know. I kind of like to do like a dance type thing. Um. Or not more, not dancey, but something that's like more minimal lyrically mm-hmm. as well. And oh, then maybe more music. So like okay. the lyrics will be minimal, but the music will be a little more flushed out. And we have some songs that we do, like the house song. And um, I have a song about like riding my motorcycle. <laughs> that's kind of cool. And yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say because we haven't started working on it yet. Right. But we're thinking about it. We're talking about how to kind of max out the duo thing. Yeah. So that's why I got a new pedal and we're going to try playing with pedals and talking about getting him maybe a, a little keyboard oh, to nice. try playing when he's playing playing drums. Make, make, so. make it a guitar, dude. <laughs> you have uh, to go with the guitar. <laughs> I, I've got, there's a DX100 down here. You can, oh, put, you yeah. can, you can put a, a guitar oh. strap on it. I looked forever for one of those oh, yeah? uh, when I was like 14 online. That's when I got it, which was way before you were born. Yes. <laughs> but uh, they're, they're, uh, <laughs> they're, they're an amazing little piece of <laughs> musical history. Do you think he can play that while he's playing drums, too? That? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Yes. If Andy Stack can do it from Wyoke, yeah, you can too. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen him play, but he no. is. I've heard of them. When, when they're from Baltimore. And now they're now they're sort of like Jen is is down in Durham, and he's I think in Portland maybe, but uh, they came up and were doing a very uh, all actually now that I think of it a very similar thing, and they were just trying to keep it this duo and trying to explore how much noise they can make like that yeah and still achieve their goals. So what it re- resulted in is you have Jen Wasser who has this huge voice like you, just belting out stuff, and then Andy playing drums with one hand. And a full keyboard rack over here, and then 
electronic triggers on the other side. And, and the first time you saw it, you were like, what <laughs> is going on, dude? But this, this guy does uh, at home some like Hazel Adkins stuff where he's like playing the guitar and like, yeah, <laughs> and they'll play like the kick and the hi hat and singing, making up songs. Yeah, it's fun to sing about a cat. No, just <laughs> I, 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 I am fucking literally making a song about the cats tomorrow. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah because like the lady's out of town all weekend, and I'm just like, all right. There's going to be a lot of feedback. I just got my piano back. So, oh, that's awesome. Uh, and and it's, it's out of tune, so I, I hope that's going to fit. Probably. I don't know if this will ever see the light of day. Yeah. It might. It might not. It might mm. end up on Bandcamp as like a eight-part series. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to do it because I'm just like, they deserve a song, first of all. It's all they do. <laughs> but, yeah. It's just like, yeah. The Ladies Away yeah. record. Well, you know, it, it can get noisy. Down here, yeah. She's not. She's not a musician. She's a music <laughs> appreciator, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, and if you're experimenting a lot, sometimes, and you guys know this, sometimes it doesn't sound good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> w- when we practice, our neighbors all drive up on their lawnmowers. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And then we go out in the driveway, and they're like, "You done practicing?" <laughs> we're like, "Yeah." And they're like, "All right, we're gonna start mowing now." And they just turn on their mowers and just like, "Oh, that's amazing." <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. They're not mowing. They're just. They're just. That's how they get around. They get around. No, they, mo- they go into the store mo- to get a six pack. I mean, come on. Yeah, well, George um, Jones style. Yeah, Unfortunately, you George can't go Jones that far. But He's yes, drinking, day drinking. Yeah, yeah, and driving your tractor to the neighbor's house. We <laughs> finally got a riding mower, and <laughs> now feel like we actually fit in there. Is that what it takes in the in the community of Harper's Ferry? <laughs> no, you can't fit in until you get a riding mower. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I just think uh, no. I love actually. I love where we live. I love the people. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but yeah. the lawnmower was a thing because we were like, we have to get a lawnmower. Right. Well, so yeah. Push a push mower. It's just a waste of time. It can be. And yeah. if you get the something yeah. like this, and we we uh, I like I we had uh, fields outside of our house, so we had a pretty big mower yeah mm-hmm. and it it gave me like a lot of time with like iced tea's og you know yeah. like a lot of time you know the, a lot of time with like metallica a lot of time with all these things you can just you zone out mm-hmm. and and you're you're just riding this thing and there's some weird dynamic of like i'm cutting all the grass down <laughs> like yeah uh it's it's a very thin thing i don't i don't know if a lot of city people necessarily understand that yeah, we met some people who were like, I've never ridden a riding lower, lawnmower before. Mm, man. And, uh, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. It I is. mean, it's just cool like to... I mean, I we both used to work on farms. Yeah. So, um, And garden and stuff, so I feel like you just get more kind of connected when you just have to be alone with yourself for that long. Yeah, no, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That's... It's important. Yeah. Especially yeah. now with all the distractions. Oh yeah. Yeah. But my my uh, lawnmower jam was uh, Neil Young's Harvest. Hell yeah. Yeah, which I think that. And you listen to it like a million times. A million yeah. times, and I could still listen to it over and over and over again. That's a great, great record. What was yours? Oh, I never really listened to music when I read the mower. No. <laughs> oh. I mean, most. Well, I never You're really, in for a treat, man. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> no. I was always just like just hustling, trying to make a couple dollars. And yeah, was, <laughs> and I didn't even have the luxury of an iPad pod. Right, right, right. I just put on that ear protection. All right. 
And my thoughts. <laughs> well, 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 correct that and then start like a whole blog about your experience with that. Because oh, it, yeah. it, oh, yeah. it, it's going to be joyous as fuck, dude. Yeah. <laughs> You're just going to be like, what? Yeah, really. What is this world that oh, I'm I know, stepping I know. into? I know. Yeah, mowing in music. Yep. <laughs> um, so you guys, are you guys on tour now or not? Um, we were. We kind of did a little uh, weird, like, jump frog tour where we did a tour for a week and then we did uh, at home for a week and then we went out again. So we just got home from uh, oh, Philly, New York. Um, we did a couple shows in New Jersey, which was unexpected and fun. Hmm. And then before that, we did like Richmond, Harrisonburg, um, Pittsburgh. You like it down in Richmond? Good crowds? Richmond? <laughs> yeah, Richmond's cool. Yeah. I forget where we played. We played a house show. Um, oh, nice. Yes. Yeah, that, that's something that happened, like, so I, I've moved, I've, damn, I've been here almost 10 years. I lived there for 10 years, and uh, when I moved, like, everything was dying. I guess my, uh, <laughs> everything was dying, like, artistically. Right. I mean, you always have VCU, but basically, for people who don't know, the, the path there for artists is you go to VCU art school, and then you end up cooking in a restaurant, probably doing heroin. <laughs> you know, at least that, that was in the, like, late 90s. Most mm. everywhere. Most, on the yeah, most everywhere. But <laughs> somewhere in the past few years, it's picked up, and, like, uh, Lucy Dacus is from there, and she was like, yeah, we actually run a house venue. Yeah, like we're out on tour. We just and I'm like, what are you? Yeah. There's no house venues in Richmond. Yeah, like, and now it's a now it's a big thing. It used yeah. to be hardcore. I will take that back. It used to be just hardcore bands, but now it's it's a real thing. And we it's, lived and it's in remarkable. one in Charlottesville. Yeah, yeah, that was what we we moved in together. We were living in a, a house called the Magnolia House. Okay, yeah, and it was um pretty much all hardcore shows leading up to when the girl before me moved in and then transitioned. She did a lot of square dance and folk music and stuff like. Mm. Okra Medicine show played there. We had a show there that uh, Car Seat Headrest played. Wax- Speaking of Lucy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Waxahachie. Waxahachie played there. He opened for Waxahachie. Um, I have a guest book I've been meaning to like go through and look at again. And see, see who um, was in there. Yeah, but it's just so cool. So oh, as 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 people have sort of like helped run a venue like that, like mm-hmm. how how do you think that informed what you guys do now? Um. Well, I think I just understand more that, like, it's not all on the people who throw the shows to make everything work. Yeah. And also just, like, being not demanding means a lot <laughs> when you're going out. And, mm. um, you know, because you can get artists in who are like, who are like, when's dinner going to be ready? <laughs> you're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you just got here three hours right. early. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I know I was never in a contract, non-existing contract. Yeah, yeah in the non-existing contract. Yeah. Ego. It's like we just showed up at my house, bro. Like, yeah, you gotta yeah. deal with it. But, but it's fun to cook for people, though. Anyways, yeah. uh huh. You could have the food. Yeah, we try to do that actually for yeah. people coming through. It scares some people if I say it like somebody after a band, like I just met after a show. I'm like, hey, next time you come through, come by and we'll cook you dinner. And they're like, oh, put solution in the basket. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. no. I, I still think uh, Amber no. from hospitality is just horrified above us Wait, what? Uh, uh, she's uh i think her name's hoffman from the band hospitality uh-huh. a couple years ago and we were all just sort of after the show it was a great show so we're all sort of amped a little drunk and like we were very <laughs> insistent that like next time through her and her husband should come here and we're gonna make him dinner god damn it yeah because well for us it was like of course you guys are on tour this fucking sucks yeah 
come, we have the space, you know, but if you're on the if you're on your guys' side of it and you hear that, a lot of people are going to be like <laughs> we have we have uh, uh, turned down some like you know just putting staying at people's houses and yeah. but we're getting better or not getting better at it but um normally when we stay at people's houses it's amazing yeah usually yeah, yeah. and so then you think like oh, all those people we said no to like we we don't even know what we were saying no to yeah um but we have had the terrible experience of course where, you know they're like <laughs> here's the space and you're like this is a kitchen. Yeah, I'm have a yoga mat, yeah. and I'm gonna roll it on the floor and sleep on the yoga mat. Yeah, um, but yeah, so both sides, both sides, both, of that. both sides. Of yeah, the, <laughs> the highlight I think I think of everything we've done is we had uh, uh, fruit bats come through. Oh wow, Eric cool. Johnson and uh, made them ramen, and they sat down there and ate like lunch and had a nice interview, and I was just like, all right, our mission is done. Nice, it's like. We got it. We cooked. Yeah. We made food for them. We did a good interview. We got them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, cool. Um. Well, thank you guys. Yeah. Of thank, course. Thank you for making the drive. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. When you head back out on the road, let me know. Let us know so we can like yell about it. And okay. Chat about yeah, it. that'd be wonderful. I, I think we've been talking about this album, and I think everybody needs to hear this album. Aww. If you're a fan of like just good shit. Like I think, you know, we didn't really talk about the punk side of it, but I mean that being stripped down is sort of a punk thing. Yeah, I mean it's kind of the ethics of it, I think, and yeah, uh, we got to experience that a little more touring up um, up north this time around. We usually like loop down to North Carolina and stuff, and yeah. so yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, but can't I really can't wait to see what you guys do next because. I think, yeah, you, you're going to do okay. Thanks. <laughs> so. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Yeah, yeah. She was headed down to Nashville in a car. Daddy bought her just for being born. But being recently cut off, she had no money and only packed a little dress she wore. Peeking in the rearview mirror, all a girl could need was a place for getting clean. No manufacturer's designed a cookie cutter yet for punching out a dream. Melissa Wright and Daniel Zuzeski of Minks Miracle Medicine. Thanks so much, guys, for coming down. Uh, that was a, uh, it's a good, good way to spend good way to spend a Saturday afternoon, just sitting and talking about shit, shooting the shit, getting to a little lawnmower core there. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a more real core than say rose core. Not trying to throw shade at anybody, but it is a. Uh, is a thing, and if you if you grew up with the lawn, you know you know what we were talking about, guys. Uh, thanks to them for coming down. Hopefully, we're going to be talking to them again sooner rather than later, maybe in the fall. I think we might actually go up there and do a little broadcast from their uh, from their trailer up there in Harper's Ferry. So uh, they're also going to be playing around town uh, here and there. I think they've got a date coming up, but we'll put the, all their tour dates in the show notes 
and all the links where you can get in touch with them and check out their music. I, I highly recommend you do that. Um, House of Candles is actually a, a fairly tremendous album. It gets better with every listen, and it's, it's sort of made it into my uh, my strong rotation there. So uh, good on them, and uh, can't wait to talk to them again soon. Before we get out of here this week, I said I was going to play a little track by some DC band known as Loy Loy, and uh, that's what we're going to do. Loy Loy is a brother and sister duo made up of Christy and Johnny. Um, Johnny being Johnny Fantastic of Stronger Sex. You guys know that band. We've talked about them. They're here from D.C. We are anxiously awaiting their full-length debut. Uh, but but these guys have an album coming out uh, called Viva La Volva. It is going to be on Blight. Friends of ours over there. What's up, Blight people? And, uh, you know, they they fall into... This this sort of complicated genre here in DC, as you know, you might you might be reading outside of DC. You might be listening to something like, "Hey, I keep hearing a lot that's going on out in DC. You've got like punk bands like Priests, and you've got all this other stuff going on." And and uh, yes, there is there is stuff going on here, but uh, it's a little more scatterbrained, I think, than uh, the outside world would uh, would admit, or even maybe internally. Inside the Beltway here in our little musical capital, uh, and synth pop is one of those areas where you know basically at this point in time you can make go out with an iPhone and make a synth pop record. You just pour your feelings out over three or four minutes or thirty minutes; it doesn't really matter. Uh, and and there's a there's something removed from uh, it. It becomes more an aesthetic at that point. So I grew up in the '80s and I grew up on synth pop. I love synth pop. Uh, but back then, it was more people moving over from being like, hey, we, we are, uh, maybe they were a piano player. And then all of a sudden, you get dropped this like weird DX7 keyboard, and it makes all these fucked up sounds. And you're like, oh my God. And people experimented with that. And that's why uh, music in the 80s was actually so good, is because there was this experimental component in it uh, that you wouldn't necessarily think uh, at first glance. So that's missing from not just in D.C., but from a lot of synth pop uh, these days in general. But I, but I think not in these guys. I mean, not only is the track that we're going to play called 1985, but I think they really hit on it. Uh, they're using a bunch of sounds from back then. And uh, and and there's it's, it's, an, it's an inescapable and uh, vibe that's impossible to to capture, and yet somehow they didn't. So um, we'll see what you guys think. Why don't we go ahead and listen to it now? Here you go. This is Loy Loy's uh, track 1985 of their upcoming EP, Viva La Vova.
That is Loy Loy with the track 1985. It's off their upcoming, I guess it's an EP. It's five tracks. Uh, Viva La Volva. And uh, looks like that's coming out sometime in July. I know they're playing a tr- uh, show here in Washington, D.C. on July 9th at a killer little venue up on U Street called Tropicalia. If you haven't been there, it's great. Uh, that's the day after my birthday. So why don't, why don't you guys all... You listen to this, when the thing comes out on Bandcamp, the album, you buy the track, and then uh, we'll all meet up at Tropicalia, and you guys can buy me some birthday drinks, and uh, we'll enjoy the Loi Loi. How about that? Well, that'd, be, that'd be cool. It'd be fun. I might be there. I'd like to see this live. I'd like to see how they do this. Um, and I know they're friends with our friend Sean Barna, so uh, it's, you know they're, they're, they're running in, in a good, good little circle here. Uh, and... Uh, so yeah, congrats to them, man. Song rocks, and uh, good on Blight. Blight started a few years ago. It's been a really small thing. Sometimes uh, the releases are, are a little weird, um, but the, what I like about Blight is that they they take chances. Um, they, uh, yeah, you know, you'll find something that you like over there, I think, and uh, you might not like everything, but you know what? You don't have to like everything in life. But uh, you do need to have people out there that are doing that sort of thing. They're like, hey, let's try this. Let's try this. Let's try this. And and see what sticks. And then even if it sticks, keep on experimenting. So I think maybe that probably describes Loy Loy too. So it's a good fit. How about that? Uh, that is our podcast for this week. If you liked what you heard, you can, cons- can subscribe to us in iTunes. You can leave us a message or a rating there. You can also listen to us on Google Play. Stitcher, Mixcloud. You can listen to us on the site, which is www.chunkyglasses.com. Always there. That's where all our show notes reside. Uh, tour dates for Minx Miracle Medicine. Ways to get in touch with them and Loy Loy. And then in bed of the uh, Loy Loy track that you just heard. Uh, also, if you go to that site, you will notice that we are not just a podcast. Uh, we also cover a lot of live shows. In fact, if you tune in on Friday, you're going to see... Uh, you're going to see our coverage of the U2 show that was just here. Uh, Michael, who you've heard on this podcast, my neighbor Michael, uh, he went out there with our ace photographer, Matt Condon, to shoot that. So I, I haven't seen anything of it yet as we're taping this, so I'm, I'm excited to see that. You see them, saw them a bunch back in the day, but I think these guys, I think these guys will get it. Um, also shooting for us is Mauricio Castro. So him and Matt are out every single night covering just about every live show that happens in D.C. They're, they're astounding. They're everywhere. Um, so check them out there. You can check us out on Twitter at, at Chunky Glasses. Also on Instagram at Chunky Glasses. On Instagram, you're going to see Matt and Mauricio again, all the live photos as they're happening. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's a pretty groovy setup. I think, I think, we're, I think we're covering... We got, we got the, both ends covered. We, you come to us for like the deep conversation, and deep in quotes. We're not deep, we're dumbasses. Uh, and then you can go there for just the, uh, you know, the good looks, the pretty pictures, the insight onto the live scene here in D.C. So that's it. Uh, we're going to be back on Monday with a uh, pretty groovy podcast. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but uh, and it is it's pretty groovy. Might be a little sad, too. Um, we're going to be back on Monday with that and all next week with podcasts. Until then, get out and see some live music, why don't you? And be good to your ears, but be better to your people. See you soon.
<laughs> <laughs> Kenobi.